All right, welcome to Wig Wednesday Wisdom. We're going to be talking about music, sports, and life. It's our first episode uh, for the podcast, and I'm your co-host, Z. I'm here with Coach Wig. What's up, Coach? Man, what's good, people? How y'all doing tonight? Yeah, yeah. So, welcome, everybody, and um, yeah, we're just going to get right into it. Um, you know, it's a lot of uh, dating gurus and, and channels out here teaching people how to date and stuff like that. I'm, I'm curious. I want to ask you what, what's some advice you want to give to, to the people out here? Stay off social media. <laughs> but I'm for real, but I mean, that's one of the keys because I find that social media opens doors to a lot of things and a lot of options and nobody keeps it 100, especially the ladies, because my thing with this is the double standards. Um, the double standards that's out there, it, it kind of blows my mind how guys can't do the things that girls do and when or ladies or women yeah. do the certain things that they do, they either just move the goalpost or they find a loophole to get away with doing what they do. Mm. Moving that goalpost, yeah. I, I've experienced that. <laughs> Yeah, so you so you saying they should give up social media altogether or just No, nah, I mean it depends on what you, what kind of plat listen man. Social media is used for platforms for businesses really. I mean <clears throat> I've I've been in the military and I understand keeping up with people abroad, but if you're in a relationship mm. and you I mean it's just like it's just like drugs. You got to do things in moderation. If you right. do things in, in an overdose, then it's going to become a problem to either he or she in the relationship. I'm not taking either side. And I'm just saying if you come addicted to the social media, the TikToks, mm. the IGs, then now you can't be loyal to the relationship. Like I say, it just depends on how much you putting out there and what you're doing in moderation. I agree a thousand percent with that, man. Yeah, I, I don't think you should put social media before your relationship and yeah it's, people are definitely over overdosing on social media for sure um uh so yeah um so we definitely like like i said earlier we're gonna talk about music sports life um what, what, what would you say is one or two things that got you into sports that caught your eye about sports early on man with me being the first kid in my family the first child I know learning from my uncles, once they gave me a ball, any kind of ball, it was a form of entertainment for myself, you know, because they had to either keep me busy, and I always got one during Christmas, whether it was a basketball or football, and we didn't have, well, I had video games, but it wasn't like these type of video games, but yet and still, I knew playing that ball could get me places. Once I saw people on TV doing the same thing, that, you know, that inspired me to kind of do the same route or go the same route yeah that's what's up and you played what what, what what was the first one you played was it football baseball that's it's kind of like it's a toss-up because i played both on the same time because like during the year um i would have to say football was the first yeah but you know actually to be honest i would have to say soccer because oh, okay. I did yeah. play soccer at Cypress because me being on my fifth grade soccer team at Tice Elementary, mm-hmm. um, 
they didn't have a football team, so really my first organized was a uh, soccer team. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's eye-hand coordination. You got to be in shape. And you couldn't touch the ball with your hands. And for me being a black guy, think about that. Mm-hmm. That was hard because I'm ready to catch that thing and flick something. <laughs> <laughs> you already saw my highlights on TV. I'm trying to flick something. Yeah, I did. I did see him on TV playing football. Um yeah, now I, I heard a conversation on a few sports um, networks and stuff about multiple sports, and some kids want to play multiple, some of them don't. I know when I was growing up, that was just the norm. Like everybody at least played two. So I don't know if that. I don't know. I mean, you coach, so is it is that the kids still kind of pretty much do that still, right? Or is it? I don't, well, they kind of they don't. Yeah. But I actually play like five sports myself. Yeah. <clears throat> and people question how I did that, but I played each one at a door in my four-year tenure a different time. Yeah. I played soccer one year. I played baseball two years. I played football all four years. Of course, I did track a year or two years, and I did basketball a year, two years. Yeah. Would you suggest a team, like, focus on one sport or? Nowadays, they got the teams thinking like that, but like yeah. I say, with me, me myself, it's hard to, to say that because I feel like the more dimensions that you can bring, the more versatile, the more versatile you can be, the more wanted someone will want you. You know, because if you're just a receiver, you got to compete with receivers. If I'm if I'm an athlete, which that's why they made that position on the prep athletic board which is ATH when you see the acronym ATH that means athlete that means he can play anywhere that guy can play <clears throat> offense or defense which that's what I did you know then they, then then they can say you know what we may not can get him at receiver but we can get him at DB we may not get him at DB but then he can get rid of receiver but then once he still gets in the door at a university then he still can get switched. We just trying to get you in the door because we know you all over. Right. Then if a if a quarterback, which you've heard this in certain college programs, yeah, he started out as a receiver, now he's the, the team's quarterback. Mm-hmm. If you're an athlete, they can take it, they can transition you to these positions because they know you've already did it before. So yeah. being multi-dimensional to me yeah. makes your worth and your value, and especially now with think about it. With the NIL rule, with mm. people being able to get paid for their likenesses, mm-hmm. I want to be all over the field. Right. That's true. Well, I didn't think about it. You can get paid from two <laughs> or three different sports. Okay, exactly. Right. And, and you remember me, I played, man, shit, I played, man, I, I almost got a contract minor league when I was um, in the military mm-hmm. over in the Philippines uh, playing with my, on my Guamanian team. <clears throat> um, in um, baseball because I still can do that as well. I mean, that was one of my trades. And, it, and it's crazy because that kind of started out coming from being in our neighborhood. Like, we had a game called Muffle. But then, oh, yeah. Yeah, remember that? Like, if you muffle the ball, the person that was hitting still get the hit again. Then if you would catch the ball solidly clean, it would be your bat. And then if you would catch it on, like, a line driver in the air, you would get three hits. Mm. So mm. that was the game of Muffle. And you could play that even if you only had a couple people. Right, because somebody had hit right. You had a backstop, and then you had the pitcher, and then you had everybody else in just in the outfield who just kept And that was like a form of baseball, but it was called muffle. Yeah. 
and that transitioned over into playing baseball. And then after that, it was basically, like I said, just hitting rocks off a bat out the yard. Because it's like, hey, bruh, bruh, bruh. Yeah, so, and, you know, with me being in high school, you know, I was the only Afro-American on my baseball team at Cyber Lake because um, they didn't do that back in the 80s. Only other guy did that before me was a guy um, named Angelo Gary. And um, my coach, you know, like I said, I was running through the, running through the field one day, and they was like, don't run, th- football players, don't run through the uh, baseball field. And you know, me being the cocky guy that I am, I was like, man, this ain't nothing to me. This shit ain't nothing. I played baseball too. So they were like, ha, you can't get out here and catch an 80, 90 yard ball. And I was like, uh, 90, uh, 90, uh, 100 miles per hour fastball, something hit at you. I was like, man, shit, ha, give me a glove. And so with me having on football cleats versus the spikes, they hit me a bunch of balls and mm. I was catching them like crazy. And they couldn't, the coach couldn't believe my hand-eye, you know, skills and, and my range from right and left because it was just, I already had the speed, and I'm just going to track the ball down. So with that, after all that, he slid his ass over there to me, and he was already one of my teachers. He was like, hey, man, he need to come out and play baseball. Wow. <laughs> and um, he was already in high school, so just yeah. imagine. If I hadn't, he was mad. He said, man, if you'd have played all four years, I, you could have went major leagues. And, um. I didn't look at baseball like that because baseball was just like, oh, we just did that shit. But football was, you know, hey, man, football my thing. Because football, like what people don't get, like how I'm telling you now, it was hood sports that translated into street, uh, um, actual sports sports. The game of muffle translated us into baseball. The game of kill the carrier translated us into football. Because in Kill the Carrier, remember, they throw the ball over your head. Some people call it smear the queer. You throw the ball behind you, and whoever catch it, whoever catch it, is one on 11, one on 12, depending on how many people out there playing. People out there, and back when we played, it was a move called yoking you. People used to try to clothesline you. So, yeah, that's what it used to be called, Kill the Carrier, smear the queer. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, see, so you throw the ball up. If a lame bitch catch it, you like, huh? Now you got 10 motherfuckers. You better be able to shake a bit. Uh, 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 uh. So, hey, that's how that shit was by then. So then when we got on a football field, yeah, we hey, oh, this ain't that bitch. Hey, oh, oh, uh, uh, uh. Bro, and I'm telling about you saw me, bro. Like, yeah. Um, so that's that's all of that in a nutshell, man. That's what's up. <laughs> All right. Um, so yeah, we gonna let's move on to. Um, yeah, I wanted to ask. I'm sure people want to know you being a DJ uh, in this uh, Southwest Florida area, but well, all over Florida, really. Um, what's one? What's what was your aha moment to get you into music or DJing or just music in general? Um, like I said, after I went off into the military, I already was DJing, and I, once I got out there, I refined my skills. But um, I wasn't DJing in the military for compensation or trying to make money until I got back home and um I did a couple mixtapes for a lot of people and then um I made a mixtape for my barber my bar Jay Chaney I got a good shout out to my homeboy Chaney that's my boy for life I played against him at North and he like a brother to me we came up together um that's my barber and um I used to make all his music he used to sit at my crib called the tree house everybody know we used to have a crib called the tree and um, we used to make mixtapes, or I used to make the mixtapes, and he used to listen to them, and um, he took one up to a shop one day, 
and everybody had, they, I'm going to throw up these air quotes, all these big time so-called DJs came in there and they heard it and they asked him like, hey man, where you get that from? And he was like, oh, yeah, one of my homeboys here, DJ, he was like, here, DJ Ron here? He was like, yeah, he was like, DJ Ron here don't DJ like that. Because back in that time, it was Jam Pony. And a lot of DJs felt like it was just talk on the mic. Lie, lie, ride the music, blah, blah. Where when you go abroad, which is what I did, they show you how to mix and scratch and do more than just talk on the mic. Mm. Which I ain't got nothing wrong with that, which that's emceeing. Right. DJing is which is like actually scratching, yeah. blending the music, making two songs come together as one. And so after I made this mixtape for him and everybody heard it, they was like, I gotta meet who that guy is, cause that guy ain't forgot from down here. And it actually I was, but I had went abroad, like I said, and got with big time DJs from Detroit and other places and got me really refined on the vinyl. You know, I was actually a DJ on the vinyl before now. You know, the laptop done came along and really slowed the game down for me. Right. But, you know, they made it easier because guys can just press buttons and, and they really make themselves look like they DJs. But when um, <clears throat> my aha moment, like I said, was when I came back to that shop, he told me all them guys gave me props and that um, I did a house party for him. And I set, I was he had a big house and um, I was set up in one room and I did the one house party and everybody was like crunk. So he came to me and like I said, I got to get a shot at my homeboy Chaney. He was like, man, let's go for a wig. You should just go on and just do that shit. And he said, cause you sound better than half the DJs that's down here. And I ain't saying no name. Right. A, a lot of them did the same platform, which was just screaming on the mic, which I don't have no problems with that. That's what, what we came up listening to, the jam ponies and stuff, with the big ace, big ace screen. Hey, hey, you know, if that yeah, was yeah. you know, if that was his thing, that was his thing. But my thing was the mixing and the blending, which you've heard mixtapes that I've had, that I've done mix years ago. People can hear them now and be like, fire. I done had at least five of your mixtapes stole from me from different girls. I mean, so, <laughs> so after that, after the, about the fourth, the fifth one, I was like, you know what? I got to stop letting people. <laughs> and I'm silly. And that's why and like once new. once I, 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 I um, did that and I did I did a yin-yang um, concert here. Oh, like and, flex. And yeah, and then, you know, <laughs> man, after that, I just felt like it, it was on from there as far as with the DJ. He just... Yin Yang, he just threw that out there like that was just small. <laughs> yeah, the Yin Yang twins, you know, back when they had the Grey Goose and Salt and Pepper, I mean, a Salt salt Shaker and all yeah, them songs legendary. and stuff. Yeah, You know, and I did a lot of other shows after that, a lot of um, First Fridays, I mean, a lot of block parties. Yeah, I did the club, La Veneza and the Cape, so. Yeah, I used to like that uh, grown folks thing y'all used to do, like, Oh, uh, oh yeah, it was a uh, hard bottles with high heels. Yeah. That was that one. Uh, did club reserve, man. It, man, I've been so many clubs here, you know. Yeah. But what's crazy is that a lot of I don't get my props like a lot of people do because I'm not a rah rah la la guy and I don't kiss a lot of people's ass. I ain't trying to be people's friends. Right. I'm gonna go play the music and I'm gonna bring my ass home because I have a job. Right. DJing ain't my only career. Mm -hmm. I have a daytime career as well. And, you know, and in with that, trying to have a relationship, which I ain't going to say I do or I don't, because like I told you, you don't put a lot of stuff on social media. Mm, but um, I got to have respect for my relationship if I've had one, you know. So 
that's all part of the game. Right, right. Yeah, if you don't put it on, you must be trying to hide something. That's that's the thing I've gotten back from people. I tell them I don't really do social media outside of business stuff, but I I, I agree with you a thousand percent, man. I, I don't feel like I'm missing out on nothing too much. But um, yo, let's let's move on because um, this I gotta say the first time I was probably about 21, 22, and we was hanging out one day, and uh, coach was like. Yo, man, you can't have fun every day. Life is not going to be fun every day. It's like life, L-I-F-E. Life isn't fun every day. And I tell you, that didn't hit me probably till two, three years later. I was like, oh, he was telling me an acronym all this time. And I didn't get it in the moment, but it made sense because it was like I wanted to get up and have fun every day. And, and just, you know, being a man, you have to be serious, you know, and I, you know, being in college, I ain't really learned that. So I got to definitely say that's one of the big things that I learned early on from, from, from you, coach. And I just want to know, like, where did you get that? Like, you made that up? Yeah, I did, actually. <laughs> I swear to everything I own, I meant, like, because I was in a relationship and people yearn for things and they put expectations on things and when you put expectations on things then that's when you get let down so people want to party 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 like it's 1999 but I'm just saying people want to party and it's like you can't go fast all the time that's why they got two pedals even in your car if they wanted you to go <laughs> fast all the time they wouldn't put no brakes in there <laughs> you like that one see there's another one I have so many, man. They call wigisms. <laughs> but, um, I, and I just told a person, and they, especially in a town like this, Fort Myers. So, and it was like, what, what you want to do? You can't have fun every day. Life ain't fun every day. And I'm yelling that. And so, as I'm yelling that, I'm hearing that, and I'm like, L I F E. And it was like, life isn't fun every day. And that's pretty much how I came up with it. And then I can pretty much say being in the act, being in the military, they didn't say it, but it was like, just take every day because, man, y'all can't just like be bullshitting, right. you know. And so I just took it one further and just like, man, life ain't fun every day. Like, you can't be out here, what they used to say, grab assing, you know, because you can get killed or, you know. You got to have some time to sit back, relax, and enjoy the journey, and enjoy the trip, and enjoy the ride, as they always say. Yeah. That's how I was able to actually take vacations. Once I took that advice, I was like, oh, let me plan and have fun when I make a plan. <laughs> but, uh, all right, you know, that's, um, we're going to end it on that note. Um, I don't, this is the first episode of Wig Wednesday Wisdom. You can always catch him. He has a big segment, segment on ESPN Radio on Wednesdays. And um, so we're going to see you guys next week. And you got anything else you want to say, Coach? Look, people, all I tell you to live life, to have a lane or have a speed or have a beat, you like to. Because you ever think about this, when you change the beat, when you change the speed, when you change the rhythm, it takes an adjustment. So live your life to have you want to because eventually somebody will get in your lane 
with that being said, hey, enjoy your evening, people.